Don't be scared. Mm-mm, don't be scared. And now, the BGC Sports Network presents the Shake Back with Willie Epting Jr. Another February has come and gone. Another Black History Month is in the books. Welcome to March, everyone. Willie Epting Jr. Shakeback Sports Show right here on the Big Game Christian Sports Network. Once again, I am so very excited to be back on the air. Thank you guys for rolling with me on a fresh new episode of this show here on the BGC Sports Network. We got a lot to get into, man. We're going to talk some NFL Combine. We're going to talk a little XFL. And, of course, we're going to talk NBA. Before we go any further in this first segment of the Shake Back Sports Show right here on the BGC Sports Network, it is being brought to you by Carter Paws. Feeling stressed? Well, you're not alone. Stress is an unpleasant part of life. So call Carter Paws. Carter Paws is committed to providing individuals groups, ministries, and businesses with great space solutions. Visit carterpaws.org today and discover real solutions for life. Once again, I keep reiterating it. I keep emphasizing it. If you are having issues, no matter what walk of life you are in, make sure you holler at our folks at Carterpaws. They can get you squared away. All right, so on Twitter for this show, Shake at Shakeback Sports for the network on Twitter at BGC Sports One. In the world of Instagram for the network, again, that is BGC Sports One and Four. This this show, it is going to be Shake underscore or the underscore Shake underscore back on Instagram. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new episode of this show. I am so happy uh, that you guys are rolling with me once again. Um, I'm going to talk about a myriad of things uh, in this show or in this episode. Um, I do want to talk about, first and foremost, uh, the celebration of life uh, for Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant. This past week at the Staples Center, Staples Center was jam-packed all over the arena. I mean, it was, the the scene was crazy, and even outside of the Staples Center was was just so filled with so many people there to show their love and support and compassion and their condolences and share their prayers with uh, Vanessa Bryant and her family and the, and, the, and the Bryant family, all those that were connected to him that were in attendance, uh, both inside and outside of the Staples Center. I saw so many reports that people had come from all over the world and really in the nosebleed section of uh, of the Staples Center uh, in downtown Los Angeles. And what can I say? I, 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 I did see most of the uh, the televised um, ceremony or the televised celebration, if you will, on ESPN. I think they did a phenomenal job with the uh, the, the streaming of it through their app. So once again, shout out to uh, the world of technology and it being used for good. Um, but what can you say, man, that hasn't already been said about? About this, uh, I mean, about Kobe's life, uh, Gianna's uh, life, and this is no knock and no way to disrespect the other seven people that were killed tragically in that helicopter crash. 
uh, they are just as important as to their families as Kobe is to his family. Um, so this is by no means by any uh, stretch of the imagination any sort of dissing of those uh, individuals that are affected as well. Uh, but we're going to concentrate on Kobe and Gianna, uh, and particularly Kobe and, and this celebration of life that took place this past week um, in downtown Los Angeles. And the people that came out and spoke, Diana Taurasi, uh, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, so many others, and you know, with the with the celebration of his life starting off, uh, or with it being included with song by, songs by uh, Christina Aguilera, who sung the, the song in, in in Italian in tribute to Gianna, and what Beyonce how she performed was absolutely remarkable. But the the strength exemplified and exhibited and shown by the now widowed. Uh, Vanessa Bryant was nothing short of sensational and you have to really really thank the Lord in the heavens above our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for putting the strength that he has in her and will and she's going to continue to need that um, that wasn't just for that moment she's going to need that for the rest of her life as well as for those children and the stories that she told about Kobe and how uh, St. Uh, uh, Valentine's Day was his favorite holiday together with her and all of the things that they would do together on 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 Valentine's Day um it was it was really really sweet to hear um simply because that's the side of Kobe that we didn't know you know that's the side of Kobe that you don't see as the black mamba that's the side of Kobe that you don't see as the killer instinct and the most competitive basketball player arguably that I've ever seen in my life him and uh, and Michael Jordan um take that reign uh easily in my opinion but you know just the short the stories that she that he that she shared about picking up the kids from school and and how he was late that one time and 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 he said that he would never be late again and all of the stories and all of the pictures and videos that were out there um showing him as girl dad and and teaching and molding those young women not only on the basketball court but in their home and not only just basketball players but anybody that came into contact um with Kobe and I also loved what uh his his best friend, current general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers and Kobe's one-time agent, Rob Palenka. I love what he said about Kobe towards the, the, the end where the helicopter actually crashed. And he was sharing the story about how Kobe, uh, his last human, uh, human event or his last human uh, outreach for outreach, for the lack of a better word, was regarding a person, a young lady who was interested in becoming an agent and she reached and he reached out to, to Rob to find out if Rob had he had any connections um, with anybody that was a baseball agent because this was this young lady was wanting to do and Rob talked about how he vouched for the young lady's work ethic her character and her integrity and it wasn't long after that that he did not receive any other texts from Kobe because, of course, that's when we all found out that the uh, that the helicopter helicopter had crashed into the side of the mountain. But just those types of stories are the things that we didn't get a chance to see about Kobe because we just knew him as that killer on the basketball court. And 
the one who uh, who who got under teammates' skin. Uh, I like what what Shaq said about Kobe because it was also true. And you know what? We the media we have a tendency to twist and turn things in order to get the story. Well, what Shaq has said even back you know days after. The crash when he talked about the so-called beef that was trumped up by the media between him and Kobe. All Shaq said was, me and Kobe have always loved each other. All you had was two people that wanted to compete at the highest level. And it led to a business decision that the Lakers made in trading him to Miami. And Shaq also came out and said, look, I got three wing, three rings with the Lakers. I would have not been able to get any of those rings without Kobe. When I went to Miami, I would not have been been able to get that ring without D-Wade. So the the beef, the so-called beef that was there really wasn't ever there, but we never really got a chance to see it behind closed doors. There was no social media at that time, no Twitter, no Instagram, no nothing. So I just, you know, would shudder to think or shudder to imagine if that stuff was available during that time and what we really would have found out what actually was going on but what I but what Shaq said um, and Shaq kept it light you know Shaq is a big old kid I met Shaq one time way back in 1990 when he was a freshman center at LSU and I saw him at McDonald's and he was stretched out across the uh, one of the it's like a um, a booth. It was a booth, and he was stretched out across the booth. He had like three Big Macs, two orders of fries, and a big old soda, uh, drinking and eating there at, at the McDonald's right there near LSU's campus. But anyway, um, what Shaq said about Kobe was 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 sensational and, and and very true. Shaq, Kobe's not passing the ball. He's not playing team ball. And Shaq said, "Okay, no, don't worry about it. I'll talk to him." And he went and talked to Kobe and said, "Kobe, you know there's no I in team, right?" And then Kobe said, "Well, there is an ME in that bleep mother bleeper." And the whole audience laughed for a moment at that. And then Shaq went back and told uh, Robert Ory and uh, whoever else it was, "Just go get the rebound, man, because he ain't gonna pass the ball." But that is the Kobe that we knew as basketball fans. As media people, as Laker fans, that's the Kobe Bryant that we knew and, and loved most of the time because you wondered, you know, <laughs> look, when you're the best athlete on the floor, you think you can do everything all the time. And Kobe exemplified that, and uh, it was nothing short of remarkable, man. So the whole entire celebration of life was magnificent I love what Michael Jordan said about him um, he was my little brother he would text me at two three o'clock in the morning asking him different questions about basketball not only just basketball but about life and that's something that we didn't we here outside of the circle or outside looking in would not have ever known that was taking place unless these stories are being told and as they were being told again um my eyes started to tear up because that is what gets me is when i hear about other people talking about the things that we we didn't ever have ever have a chance to see um because uh we don't know kobe we didn't know Kobe personally and just those stories in itself and how he reached out uh, to, to Trey Young uh, a couple of days before the tragedy was nothing sort of a remarkable Diana Taurasi
Rossi was nicknamed. Of course, she's the uh, the guard from the Phoenix Mercury in the WNBA. Went to UConn, played for Gina Ariema. Uh, he actually got up and spoke and had some glowing words about Gianna and how uh, she wanted to come there and she wanted to be uh, the best women's basketball player to ever play. And it, I mean, it, it it was just so incredibly. Uh, incredibly warm and nice and just overall gave a good feeling. It left you with a good feeling and that's what you want a homegoing service um, to be about. As a person who's lost a dad here recently in the last you know couple years um, you know you wanted to be a celebration of life. As a person that's gone to many homegoing services here in the last year or so you see or I've seen celebrations of life and that's how we should be want to be remembered um, going out or have gone out but still wanting people that love us and that we love to continue doing what it is that they did so you know a lot of other stories came out okay Kobe saying all right you guys have had the memorial I've been memorialized I'm in heaven now y'all y'all get back to work and that's what Kobe exemplified that's where is the mamba mentality came from um you know Kobe was like there's no such thing as a bad day as long as you have a chance, as long as you're breathing, you have a chance, as my great dad once said to me, or actually he said it more than once, he said it several times, but that's, you know, that that's Kobe, that was Kobe from what we could see from afar, and again, um, when you have people like Michael Jordan, and Shaq, and Tracy McGrady, and, and Rob Palenka sharing these personal, heartwarming, human type of stories, man, it just makes you just think, what could have been or what would have been um, had this tragedy not happened. And one other thing, too, I want to touch on about, or actually a couple other things I want to touch on about Vanessa Bryant. Um, when she said that God knew, that God knew that Kobe and Gigi could not be on this earth without one another. So he decided to call them both home at the same time. That right there is was a tearjerker is a tearjerker in itself um and you can just kind of imagine what the heck was going on on the helicopter you know minutes seconds moments milliseconds before the fatal crash took place and if if, if from what i can tell or from what i've been heard hearing about kobe and how he uh, was with gianna i could see him actually holding gianna hugging her and just holding her in his arms trying to protect his little girl as this tragedy uh was unfolding was getting ready to take place so um very very heartwarming touching stories man from all that i just spoke about um lisa leslie she talked a little bit um about how or what kobe bryant meant to her and i mean it's just he look the legacy of Kobe Bean Bryant will last forever and will be and, and will be linked to so many things and through so many things. Mamba mentality and Mama Sita, uh, Mamba Sita mentality, the, the foundation that they created, um, you know, for for everything that they believed in and all of the charities that they were near and dear to their hearts. So also one other thing, Vanessa Bryant has actually filed a wrongful death lawsuit uh, against the helicopter helicopter company on behalf of her and her daughter. So that was just done. That was actually done on the same day as the uh, celebration. So we'll be uh, in tune to see what takes place from there. All right, come on back on the other side of the break. We got some NFL talk. Shake Back Sports Show, Willie M. Teen Jr. Y'all come on back and holler at us.
And we welcome you back to the Shake Back Sports Show right here on the Big Game Christian Sports Network. To the dopest engineer on the planet, Big Day, what is going on? Sports fans, NFL, NBA, all around the rock. What is going on? What is going on? Third and final segment of this episode of this show. It is being brought to you by the Big Game Christian Sports Network. That's right, BGC Big Deals. Big deals and big savings. That's what everyone is always looking for. So, we've made it easy for you to do both. Just go to our BGC Big Deals page and take advantage of all the deals offered by our affiliates, all from the station that knows about doing things big, the Big Game Christian Sports Network. Also, check us out on uh, online, bgcsports.net, uh, the TuneIn app for your mobile listening, and every personality personality. On this network has a podcast. That's right. Go to the bgcsports.net webpage and you can click on the podcast link, and that's where you will get all of our shows on demand to listen to at your leisure. All right, just in case you missed it in the second segment, uh, had a little chatter with uh, Marquess and Huff, safety from the Houston Roughnecks, uh, in their or about their victory over the Dallas Renegades uh, this past Saturday. Live at Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas. We also talked some NBA. It's a big, big weekend for the Lakers. Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, he seems to be the front runner for the MVP. But there's this dude named LeBron James. I don't know, you may have heard of him. 6'8", bulging muscles, uh, tattoos everywhere, receding hairline, all those things about LeBron. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, 35-year-old LeBron James, 17 years in the league. He's making a case for the MVP. So, yeah, we talked about all of that in the second segment. Um, so we're going to move on in this third and final segment here. We're going to just talk some NFL. And the collective bargaining agreement is being pondered um, by the NFL Players Association and the reps from each team. Um, you know what? I don't know the ins and outs of – the, the, the agreement, and I, I would never know because there are a lot of things that are discussed and negotiated that we probably wouldn't even understand. But what we do know is there's going to be a higher salary cap. There's going to be a potential seventh, or there's going to be a 17th game once it's signed. The labor piece will continue for another 10 years, and the minimum salaries are going up for uh, for those second and third tier players really at the middle and the back of the roster and those guys are like man sign this thing in a hurry we get a hundred thousand dollar raise man you must be out of your mind i i need we need to get this done and of course you have some players out there that don't like the 17th game they don't like the fact that uh the the revenue isn't being as split or it isn't it's not being split as high as they think it should be but those guys that are talking about that are the jj watts of the world you know, the Richard Shermans of the world, guy, the Russell Wilsons of the world, guys who are set for life and for their children's lives. But then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion like the, the, of, the, of the, the, the back of the roster guys and the middle of the roster guys. Look, they only have, look, the average NFL career only spans about four and a half years. So you know those guys are chomping at the bit, man, to get this thing signed because they know they're not going to even be in the league that long. They're not going to have the careers that J.J. Watt has had, although he's been injured pretty much the last two or three years, but he's made his money. He's signed two big deals. 
Richard Sherman, he got a, a million dollar bonus for being named all third team all uh, all pro. So these guys, man, they they understand that their their window is short and that they must do something now. And I heard Mike Golick Jr. talk about this on uh, ESP and the radio and how it is pretty much a, a cash grab for those guys because they know they're not going to be in the league that long. So I, I don't blame them for really pushing the guys at the top to uh, say, hey, you know what, let's just get this done. And another thing, too, you got to understand this. This collective bargaining agreement that the guys at the top, the super duper stars that are arguing and 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 just going back with these uh, back and forth with these owners about it's not enough, we can get more. Those guys are already either at their prime or past their prime, which means they only have a few more years left in the league, uh, up to maybe three or four years left in the league themselves. So what they're doing, in my opinion, is kind of selfish. It's kind of selfish because at this point, they should be fighting for the people. That's going to come after them. This ain't just about them. This is this really isn't even about them. This is about the guys that's just trying to make some money uh, and doing the thing that they love the most, which is play football, get out of the get out of the game, relatively healthy, and have a nice little stack of change when they do retire. Because not everybody's going to make it to that. I think it's the I think you have to be in the league for eight years or maybe five years. It's either five or eight years. Um, well, if it's five years, you're going. If it's eight years, you're going to know it's going to be at least five. But anyway, um, those guys, man, you, you get your pension after I think it's five years when you retire. So three to four year guys, man, they got to go for it. They got to go for it all. And I just think it's kind of selfish for those guys, man, that's, that's already made, you know, multi, multi millions of dollars to want to hold this thing up. And they're only going to have another two or three years left to play themselves. So that's where I am with that on the CBA. Um, and as we are in the legal tampering period, of the NFL season, uh, we just had the combine to complete in the Indianapolis um, last week. A lot of great showings out there. Henry Ruggs Jr. Uh, or Henry Ruggs rather from the University of Alabama stole the show with his speed. Uh, literally ran like a he was he look he ran a four two something, but it wasn't enough of the four two something to beat the John Ross speed or John Ross mark that he had back in 2017 uh, when he was at the Combine before he got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. So it was a very good showing. I thought Jalen Hurts, he, he, he really actually, in my opinion, set himself up to be drafted maybe in the third or fourth round uh, with the throws that he made. So I, I'm, I'm really pulling for that kid, even though he um, played for Alabama and he beat LSU every time they played him. But that's neither here nor there. But for Jalen Hurts, put on a show, man, throwing the ball. And Joe Burrow did not did not uh did not compete. He did not work out. Chase Young did not work out. They're gonna just do their thing at their pro day, which you could get understand too. They just wanted to go through the um through the medical and the interviews and all that, which is you know, that's fine. And uh as far as uh quarterback from Alabama too, we're talking about lower goals, um his medical exam or re exam is coming up real soon, so all eyes will be on that as the chatter is now out there that the Redskins may take him at number two. I don't think that is going to happen. I was on Jay Noakes, Notes by Noakes show uh, this past week. You can hear him on the ones and sevens Monday through Friday. And he is a great follow on Twitter too as well. Make sure y'all check that out at Notes by Noakes, N-O-T-E-S-X-N-O-K-E-S, Notes by Noakes. And we actually discussed that very same thing about um, Tuka, uh, about uh, Tuka Valoa being drafted by the Redskins. And I was like, I don't think it's going to happen because 
Dwayne Haskins Jr., they said that he wasn't ready, but they threw him in there anyway towards the end of the year. He didn't play great. He played all right, particularly at the end of the year. So I think they have enough tape to where they can build on what he was able to accomplish with that team. Plus, the uh, they, they did not have their number one lineman. He's actually going to be – He's he, he's actually being told it's okay for him to test free agency. Uh, actually, no, he, it's been told he's been told that he can seek a trade, and um, you know that's Trent Williams, and he's a multi 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 uh, All Pro player and Pro or Pro Bowl player for that matter, and uh, he wasn't there. So the running game with uh, with Peterson, that guy's still doing it, man, for real. Um, but as far as talking about the old goals, man, I think. That Miami, he is still in Miami's wheelhouse, and uh, the Redskins just maybe making some noise so they can try to drum up the value so they can get multiple picks because they need players. They need players on the offensive line. They need players in the secondary, and they need a big-time wide receiver um, because if Haskins – and they need a tight end as well because the number, the best friend of a young quarterback is a dope running game and a dope tight end. And if you got those two – then you got you got an opportunity, man, to do something really, really nice until you can develop your game more to where you can be that guy that can actually put the team on your shoulders and lead them to the promised land or to various victories or what have you. So that's my thought on that as we talked about that on Notes by Noakes, man. Make sure y'all check that out on this podcast as well. But franchise tag, this is the funny part or this is the, the, the most interesting part of the offseason to me. Because the franchise tag is the tag that the that the franchise or the or the owners of the team can place on a particular player, and then it's for one year. It's all guaranteed, but it the the salary is based on the top two or three highest paid players at that particular position. So the Dak Prescott count camp, Dak Prescott quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Apparently, they've been working on a deal for the better part of a year. And I'm thinking that Dak is going to be franchised. Now, the deadline for player or teams to actually franchise their players is March 12th. So keep an eye to our Twitter for the network, BGC Sports 1, as well as uh, Shakeback Sports, at Shakeback Sports on Twitter, man, for any news that we come across that we can put out there. But as far as Dak Prescott goes, I've told people this, that I think he's going to be franchised. And the reason why I say that, which is going to put him at about maybe $32 million guaranteed. And they could actually do it again next year if they wanted to, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Even though he was a fourth-round draft pick, yeah, because Kirk Cousins was a – was a fourth-round draft pick, and they and the Redskins did the same thing to him. So Dak is going to get franchised, in my opinion, and it's gonna it's it's going to it's gonna have a, a rippling effect through the uh, the franchise, and this is the reason why. Dak Prescott has missed only one game in his career, and that was because uh, the coach decided it was a DNP. So he has missed no games due to injury. So he has durability. He has availability. Um, number two, he had his best season as a quarterback in 2019, passing for almost 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and only 11 interceptions. And that's with the running game not being the dominant, the consistent dominant running game that we've seen 
to the you know the pri- the past couple of years. And on top of that, his wide receivers were number one in the league in drop passes. Give him his money. He deserves it. And the third reason, that's going to cause a rippling effect. As we wind down this show, we got about two and a half minutes left to go. The third reason is Dak has been a model of professionalism on the field, off the field. Everybody talks about how terrific of a leader he is. Everybody talks about how uh, players just gravitate towards him. Everybody talks about how his work ethic is. And he is the quarterback of your team. He is the most important player on your team. And Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, okay, they traded a number one for Amari Cooper, which I laughed to the Raiders. I laughed because even though in those nine games in 2019 or 18, rather, the sample size was decent, I tried to tell Cowboy fans he's going to start dropping the ball, trust me, and he's going to not show up at times. And that is exactly what happened throughout 2019. So they traded for him. They signed Jalen Smith, who I love his story. That is a shakeback story if you've ever heard one. Um, they signed him to a multi-year deal, gave him, I think it was $38 million in guarantees. And then, most, most importantly, Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott, running back, goes to Cabo for several weeks and holds out. He holds out, and he comes back after being rewarded as the highest-paid running back in the National Football League. But not just that, though. All the run-ins off the field that he's had, the assault charge that he was suspended six games for. How about the, the, the weed incident in Seattle? How about the, the drunken incident in Las Vegas? All those things that came into play in, in regard to Zeke and his off-the-field behavior. And you don't want to pay Jack, Dak Prescott because of what reason? I can understand if you don't fully believe in him, but he's giving you enough to believe in him enough for him to get paid. And it could be one of those three-year deals. I don't know. But uh, for, for Dak to not have been paid up to this point, and if he gets franchised, he's come out and said, don't expect to see me around. I'm not going to be there. So – I like his mo- I, I like his moxie, and he's got all the leverage. And he's gonna wait. His he and his representatives are gonna wait till the CBA is signed, and the uh, the salary cap is gonna go up. So y'all keep an eye out for that. All right, that is gonna wrap it up for this edition of the Shakeback Sports Show right here on the BGC Sports Network. Coming up next, my big homie, my brother, Donald Ware from Press Box to Press Row. Y'all make sure y'all check him out for Big Day, the dopest engineer in the game, for Willie Epstein Jr. This is the Shakeback Sports Show right here on the BG Sports Network. We'll talk to y'all again real, real soon. Peace out.